0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Takeover the with our here on Fubu Radio. And of course, you already know, we are inside the room with State Representative, Brandon McGee. Now, like I said, we always come in here and talking about the state representative, but we forget to mention the state that he represents. He said it's all America, all of America, but we know it is Connecticut. So what's up, B? How you doing? What up, what up, what up? What's going on,
1: Shay? As always, it is such an honor to be right here on the takeover, inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee, where we discuss a little bit of everything, but explicitly leadership, culture, um, and, you know, politics, of course, but a little little bit of gossip every now and again, we throw it at you. But I'm glad to be back. It's another week. And um, I see you've been traveling. I seen, well, you know, like always, out.
0: nothing new. I, I I feel like you know it's all just work. I need a vacation. You understand what I'm saying? Like, wait a
1: minute, wait, hold, pause, beep. Didn't you just come back from like the Middle East, or you were like you were somewhere riding on co- camels?
0: Okay, that was February and <sighs> January. Okay, so that was February. Secondly, I went to Cabo in August. We are now in October. You know, you got to do these things once every two two months, you know. So that's how it works. However, friends
1: and family, do y'all hear this? Do y'all hear this?
0: However, speaking of that, I definitely have to get out there because they're about to start the the vaccination passport soon. So, you know, like. Well,
1: I've said it before. I don't have a Willy Wonka card. My card is legit. So I'm ready to travel. I'm good. There are some people out there and we saw it. We saw this in the news doctors are losing their license, their practice, because they've been signing these little fake uh, no vaccines. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's getting real out there. It's getting real people. And, you know, people got to do what they have to do. All right. I'm not shaming anybody. Um, but when you start doing illegal stuff, it catches up with you.
0: Yeah, so. definitely catches up. So, all right. Yeah. So we have a special guest today. I think that's a dear friend of yours, right?
1: yes he is he's a really <laughs> okay. good friend of mine um i know a few people in high places you know how we do
0: i see state rep you know what i'm saying <laughs> look <laughs> I, I can't wait till i be a rep of something you know radio hey something, you listen know what I'm
1: saying? <laughs> listen you can run for office in atlanta georgia y'all got a highly contested uh mayoral race there but we'll talk about that maybe we can invite them onto to our show well uh, to talk up
0: a- i definitely believe mr um Kaseem is going to take the, uh, the votes again, and it's going to be crazy. It's so funny because we laughed about this yesterday and it's like, don't water boys, they better get ready to make it to, to cut him a check. Look, he's going to be like, I need you to register this and I need my percentage, you know,
1: <laughs> right. no, <for> real. <laughs> no, no, I'm here for it, but, but. As always, I mean, we've got a show lined up um, today and we want to talk a little bit about, you know, the first, you know, we always talk about the first this, the first that. Oh, and by the way, happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, We had we had former um, state representative from Connecticut, Chris Soto, who's now with the secretary of education, uh, Miguel Cardona on our show um, uh, a few weeks ago. And. You know, he's doing a great work, but I also want to recognize um, you know, we're celebrating all of our Latino, Latinx, uh, Hispanic um yes. hermanos and here yes. her hermanas, you know, sisters and brothers uh, yes. across this country. So
0: well, I'm let's really also about- acknowledge um the breast cancer awareness as well. It's yes, the breast cancer awareness month, as well as domestic violence awareness month, as well as from what I heard yesterday is the um also I guess, um, Women in Business, Black Women in Business Month, Awareness Month. Oh, that's, that's dope. Yeah, how do they determine the months?
1: You know what? Maybe we can ask our special guest who could help us Good. with that. Good point.
0: Good point.
1: <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about the first, right? And this this person that you're going to introduce is the first in this particular position here in the state of Connecticut. Um, I, I also want to talk a little bit about, you know, what's been happening with some negotiations down in the federal, down in D.C., um, or depending on where you're from, up or over, but in our nation's capital. Um, and then, you know, you know how we do. We'll end off with something real nice. But I'm really excited about uh, this particular guest who we have inside the room today.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny that you said this about the first. It's funny that we are even still here at 2021. Speaking of the first African-American to um, X, Y, Z or whatever it is. Um, by now, yeah. we should be well-rounded with everyone having or had the, um, the ability to hold power somewhere, whether or not you were black or African American, or whatever you define yourself, however you want to do it, but, um, or Hispanic mm-hmm. or whatever. So um, we are still here. So mm, yeah. maybe he can give us some insight into this too. <laughs> and how does it feel, especially being acknowledged that? I know if I was the first black woman of something, I wouldn't, I don't know how it would feel be called that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure. I don't know.
1: It's well, just you me are, maybe. you're the first black woman of, you know, who who's running her own show, The Takeover come on now let's you get know. with it
0: <laughs> well with that blessing. being so, said you guys make sure you keep it locked and telephone and download that google radio app because we are inside the room with state representative brandon mcgee and we will be um blessed with um with um mr paul mons all right so you guys keep it locked don't go nowhere it's the take over oh
1: mounds mounds mounds
0: mounds like a like
1: a, mounds. like a mound <laughs> <laughs> y'all keep it locked don't go nowhere
0: what's up everybody welcome back to the takeover with your girl shay mccray and of course we are inside the room with state representative brandon mcgee and he always brings an amazing guest with him and this one i am so happy to have on the show because um, he is not only the first african-american chief of staff in the state of connecticut history but um, he also does a lot of things, you know, for um, just just leading us in so many other great directions. And of course, you cannot uh, go ahead and uh, introduce him a little bit more because this is your dear friend. I always like when you do it more, a little bit more passionately than me, because I just go from the politics of what is stated on the paper. You go No, you're good. You- <laughs> Listen, you I
1: mean, honestly, <laughs> right now of all of the many titles um, that I've been able to witness um with Paul uh serving as the first African American first black um as the chief of staff here in the state of Connecticut is monumental it's a mile, yes. milestone yes. H- historic um and he hates it um in terms of every time I highlight that but every chance I get and especially as we celebrate uh black leaders Um, I will always make sure my children and other children know the impact uh, this man has had um, on the state of Connecticut and even people across this country. Uh, So he also served as Connecticut's first chief operating officer so he's accomplished quite a minute
0: first black chief over again or no yeah
1: well well he's the first of its kind in that particular role and he's the first black so he's got first all over um well educated a graduate of trinity college right here uh in the city of hartford which is an ivy league uh private college uh and former football player, you name it. But I just, I want him to talk a little bit about his work, who he is, uh, and let's just jump right on in.
0: All right. So let's welcome to the takeover, Mr. Paul Mounds, Jr. I said that right, yeah. Mounds.
2: Yeah, yes, he did. Just like, the candy bar. <laughs> just like the candy bar. Just like the candy bar. Jay and uh, State Representative McGee, thanks for having me on. Greetings from the Connecticut State Capitol. Uh, pleasure to be here, and I just tell a little bit about myself. I'm born born in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, raised in East Hartford. Uh, had was always interested in public service. I used to watch town council meetings with my family, so we can get a, my father and my mother always used to say, "If you want to change the community you're in, you need to know what's going on in your community." So from a very young age, there. Uh, Every second and fourth Tuesday, we will watch town council meetings and we will talk about what is being discussed and what's going on in town. And whenever we went out and about, we were able to point to and say, oh, yeah, we saw that in the meeting. We saw that talked about and it really got my interest. The other thing that got my interest in government, as crazy as this sounds, I used to go to the Raymond Library in East Hartford and I loved the game SimCity. I loved building my own city. I loved being my own manager, my own mayor, and then learning the the intricacies of, of that game at a young age. And I just got very enthralled with government uh, as a whole. And that led eventually to my uh, my path to Trinity College. And then eventually I my first job out of college was working for U.S. Congressman John Larson. I eventually became his communications director. Eventually then worked for Senator uh, Richard Blumenthal, uh, United States Senator, as his uh, deputy state director. Uh, one of the youngest to be a deputy state director uh, in an office. And then I decided that I wanted to go to state government and leave the congressional side and started my path as a policy uh, analyst and eventually became the government relations director and policy director for previous governor of Connecticut, uh, Daniel Malloy. And I was asked asked back into government uh, as the first chief operating officer in the state's history. And then eight days before the start of the coronavirus in Connecticut, I became the chief of staff here in Connecticut.
0: Wow, that's awesome. And I mean,
1: Shay, he... (sighs) It makes it seem like you know you can just apply for these positions which some of them you can um a lot of it has to do with relationships and his ability um to remain relevant and understand government uh and so it it just says a lot about who you are but I'm, i I kind of want to kick off um, this little q a if you would How does it feel to be that Black person in a position where you are making some heavy, heavy decisions? Uh, And how many other Black folk serve in the same role as you across this country?
2: Yeah, I'll start with the last question. I'm the only male across the country. uh, Wow. A Black chief of staff. Uh, Wow. uh, I have a colleague in North Carolina who's the chief of staff for uh, Governor Cooper. And then we have uh, colleagues in the US territories uh, who represent, who are of color. It's not many of us. Uh, so it's a, it's a small fraternity and sorority uh, of us and we, we heavily lean on each other uh, for support, uh, for guidance. Uh, and the other thing is when you are the first, you have this pressure because you don't want to be the last. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure when you're the first that when people point and say, who's the type of chief of staff that we want, I want them to have my name to come first and foremost, thus it will open up a door for another person of color to be in that role. So no, it's it's hard when you're you're the first. The pressures are not only of the job, but it's also of your your mental psyche of how best can you do this job with the pressure of the job and the pressure of everything else of what it means to be a person of color and bring that about to ensure that when you eventually leave this job, that the next person or the person after that person looks like you from your same background, because that means that's to be the greatest humbling moment that I know that another person of color will be able to sit in this seat long before, I'm, long after I'm gone.
0: When you saw the opportunity that the position will be opening up and you knew that there was no other person of color in this position, what was the first thoughts that ran through your mind when you did say, hey, I'm gonna continue and do it and go
2: for it? Well, here's the interesting thing, Shay. I never really threw my name
0: mm-hmm. forward,
2: and I think that's a classic mistake that us people of color make. Uh, when a position mm. becomes open, you we want to be drafted. Just think about that. <laughs> we want to be drafted.
0: Oh my goodness! Great point. You are absolutely we, right.
2: We we are not the ones advocating for ourselves. Nope. We'll advocate mm-hmm. for others, but we won't advocate for ourselves. We want to be drafted. We want to be anointed. And truthfully, that's that's similar with me. Uh, The individual who was in this role uh, previously uh, was moving on. And I waited and I was just like, oh, well, we'll see who can be in this role. And then I got asked. Hmm. I think in retrospect, I think I probably would have been a little more proactive on, on that front. But I think that's also things that we face and deal with as people of color.
0: Do you feel like it's more deserving when we don't ask for it versus when we're nominated?
2: I think it's, it's extremely humbling and it shows yes. that your work product yes. and what you have done <laughs> has earned you the ability to be in that job and that, and that opportunity.
1: I don't uh, know. Well, I think I...
2: The, the one thing I would say overall is because I previously worked in a governor's office the good thing that I had in all my years is that I was, I was able to take a little of something from each chief of staff I worked with to become my own style and my own way of doing this position. Love it. I guess
1: what, what I was going to say, and I wanted y'all to finish, you know, your conversation. (laughs) I don't know. I I'm torn between lobbying for yourself and being sort of anointed or blessed. Right. It's like, if you don't talk and if you don't explain to people why or I am qualified, it's almost like you're always overlooked and then we go back to our our tribes and we're complaining, you know, why, why, why they don't never choose us, you know? Eyes, eyes important. You know what I mean. Like, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, folks. I know You're what you mean. Like, no, I'm talking about folks who listening. And so, <laughs> you know, just understanding like the importance of lobbying for yourself. So, I, I'm I'm really happy, Paul, that you said in retrospect, if you had to uh, had a chance to do it all over again, you probably would have said, "Hey, Mr. Governor, I can fit that bill, and here's why." Um, you still had to explain once you were, uh, you know, chosen. You had to, you know. It's so funny
0: um, that you say that because I remember when um, Obama was president, you know, we were so excited about him Mm. being president. We forgot to groom the next one to come right behind him.
2: And that's, I'm happy you brought that up. I think one of the things, so one of my first jobs when I got asked to be the chief operating officer was to build the administration. And I give a lot of credit to governor Lamont for this. He looked at me and said, I want the most diverse Administration that is reflective of the state of Connecticut. Yeah, that's I can ever been to that
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: the The person who runs our budget in the state of Connecticut is an African woman. That's right. The woman who transformed the Department of Motor Vehicles, where now you can do almost anything online. You don't have to get in a line, Shay. Here in Connecticut, you can wow. go online, do everything you need to do. It was done by a black woman who was a former IT executive at nice. the Aetna. Wow. The woman who has transformed the Department of, of uh, Children's and Families hmm. was, this is a perfect example, was a manager for 20 years at Department of Children's and Families, an African-American woman who was a professor at Central Connecticut State University. Yep. And I remember asking her, we want you to be our commissioner. And she goes, are you sure? <laughs> I, I, wow. Like, she- but know what? She's the best thing that's ever happened to that agency in a long time. So for us, we have to know our strength. We have to know when it's our time. And when it's our time, that's we need to do what is possible so we're in the positions to make the change. That's the beauty of public service. Uh, I, I've, I'm humbled every day that I've been able to serve the over 3 million people here in the state of Connecticut. And so, I'm more humbled the fact that I have... A, A governor who's from Greenwich, Connecticut, who looked at a kid from Hartford, Connecticut and said, I want you to be side by side and help me run the state of Connecticut.
1: So that's, that's the rosy side of your job, right? Mm. And that's that's the fun, <laughs> feel good side of your job. Um, and this is two parts. So when we come back, maybe we can ask you the second part of the question. You know, stepping away from Connecticut and really being a part of, as you said, your your fraternity, sorority group of other colleagues in, in your in your position, what are some of the challenges? Being the first, right? Black, like we did with President Obama, many of the black and brown people they come to you and they like fix it and fix it now how are you able to and and, and let's 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 couch this into the the the, the covid the pandemic yeah. right um, what have been some of the challenges just responding to your constituents on behalf of the governor especially black black folk
2: yeah no i i, like I said i started off by saying i represent i help represent on behalf of the governor over 3 million people Mm-hmm. I have to look out for every person the same way no matter what community they're from they're all our constituents and the, I think one of the hardest parts during especially during the pandemic was mm-hmm. the the disparities that had long faced our nation and long faced states was not only up in our face and prevalent it was pushing up against us and the hard part was because we had no idea what we were dealing with, with this COVID-19 pandemic. And at the time, as you know who was in the White House, we weren't getting much leadership at all. States had to figure it out on their own, but the problem mm-hmm. is we're limited in our resources and our bandwidth to do that. And so one of the hardest parts for me, it was looking at uh, members of the communities that I know very well and looking at them and saying, you i need you to trust us that we'll be able to get through this mm. while also at the same time going back to my office trying to figure out what is our game plan to be able to get through this
0: mm. well one of the comments or statements that you said that actually hits home for me and i love it and then we're going to take a quick break um i guess um your response um to the COVID 19 pandemic it was um I always tell people I don't work in politics. I work in public service. Yeah. Love it. And could you elaborate on that before we go?
2: I think because of the 24-hour news cycle, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok now, all these things, people have lost what uh, we don't. Our daily civics lessons are actually disruptive.
0: Hmm.
2: (laughs) It is. It's a you're war out to.
0: there, Paul. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I have to remind people, um, I got into this role not because of politics, which is basically one person lose, one person wins. Yep. I got in this position to serve all. And so if you're in the position to serve all, you you come to the role in a different manner. And I come to the role where... I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat, independent, what town you live in. I know I need to serve the best of you and the best of this community. So when we approached our COVID-19 response, I got my whole team together and I told them this directly. We are making our decisions based upon facts, figures, and public health. We are not going to make our decisions about what's best for us politically.
1: Hmm. And I
2: think now you look, and see, okay, what has come about from that? We are the most vaccinated state of adults in any state in the nation. We have the lowest rate of daily COVID than any other state in the nation.
0: Yeah, Connecticut did good. Y'all weren't open up for a long time.
2: <laughs> oh Well, here's the thing. We kept, we kept a lot of our economy open, even during the pandemic, because we got yeah. the best and the brightest and utilized all of Connecticut, not just the sum of Connecticut, to, pro- to provide and bring about the right way to go about this. we And we call it Team Connecticut. We, and I just I say to people, do you want to be a part of this team? Uh, that's, why, that's why I got football helmets behind me. And I tell people directly, I'm about team, not about individuals. Well,
1: well I shared that success, that interview with Governor Ned Lamont, Connecticut's uh, state governor. governor. Uh, <laughs> an interview he had, I don't know which major network it was, but he was just talking about the success, you know, that we have here in Connecticut. And I reshared it. And I got to tell you, folks have been eating me alive. Anti-vaxxers, folks who do believe in the vaccine, but just they're like, why, why, why are we going this route? Why is government controlling us? And so maybe when we come back from our break, maybe you can enlighten
0: welcome back to the takeover with your girl Shay McCrane of course you already know we are inside the room with state representative Brandon Minke. but we have a guest and uh, this guest is an amazing guy and if you guys just now tune in he is um Paul Mounds okay the first Paul Mounds mounds and look it's that that new it's it's that new New york and
1: atlanta it's that new york and atlanta twang thing going
0: on here i'm actually saying mounds but it's a mons i don't know it just comes out that way however he is the first african-american chief of staff in the state of connecticut so that is a blessing in itself but um before we went to break you were asking an amazing question so we have to get to that
1: Yeah, yeah. So just, you know, for those who are just tuning in, we were talking about the success um, that the state of Connecticut has had around vaccinating, you know, its residents, the educational campaigns, etc, etc. But then the flip hand side, um, you have a bunch of folk who are not happy about what's 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 happening here. And so Governor Lamont, Ned Lamont, governor of the state of Connecticut, was on a major TV network just a few days ago talking about the success here in Connecticut. And I reshared it on my IG page. Shay says, I only have five people that follow me. So make sure y'all follow me underscore BLMJ <laughs> underscore. And I reshared that interview. And quite a few people um, responded, and it was a mixed review. You know, some people were extremely, Pissed off, quite frankly, that people, you know, had a choice—you either get vaccinated or you be fired from your job—and um, I know that's happened in in the state of New York and a couple other places. Um, Paul, can you can you talk a little bit about why why the hard sort of mm-hmm. drawing that line it's, in the uh, sand? Uh, like yes, what, and let me
0: add in? and let me add to that not only that these people took us through a pandemic i'm talking about the healthcare providers they took mm. us to a, through a pandemic being tested weekly to make sure that the safety of theirs and their families and the people in the hospital that um was um being um more safe okay now all of a sudden they're mandated to have to take a vaccination yeah i think that's where the the confusion comes in at this point
2: yeah, no, I, I think they're both great questions. So I'll just talk about here in Connecticut. Uh, we have put forth an order that if you're in the healthcare sector um, for the overall safety of that ecosystem and the people within it, whether it's nursing homes, whether it's patients in hospitals, that we're asking for the employees to be vaccinated or uh, they, or their employer can say, okay, we will have to separate from you. On the state employee side, we have asked, uh, for those who are in the non-healthcare sectors of state employees, that you can either be vaccinated or opt to test out every week that you're testing out negative. Uh, We are, in the state of Connecticut, we have close to 80% of our state employees who have been vaccinated. Uh, we have another, the, the rest of the group are going to be testing out every week and I actually expect that we're probably going to see that test out group change to vaccinated. And the question becomes why? And so the why is we want to keep people healthy. We want to keep the, uh, the ecosystem healthy. We want to keep our economy going. What we have seen not only in Connecticut but across the nation is that vaccines are working. They are working to minimize deaths and minimize hospitalization. It allows us to keep our kids in schools. It has allowed us to keep our normal and bring it back to normal. So, no, I can understand from an individual say, I want to exercise my individual right. But at the same time, as we've seen with uh, President uh, Biden, who has put forth through OSHA, and those guidance should be coming out soon, that it's a workplace hazard situation now. So, we, we we feel and we very much believe in what president biden has put forth and uh, we're actually happy that they're uh, mimicking what we have put forth in connecticut even before that osha order
0: but wasn't it a work hazard environment during the pandemic when these uh, healthcare mm-hmm. providers was in the midst of it and they and, and and being tested weekly worked for them what changed
2: i i think what changes we have now viable working vaccines that are Mm. working and they are working very well. And I I think when you look, all you gotta do is look at the correlation, the correlation Mm. of hospitalizations and deaths in the nation and compare that to uh, the states that have high vaccination rates. As Mm. I said, at the beginning of the show, we have the lowest rate of infection, daily infection in any other state. We're also the highest populated state per adult. Correlation is there.
1: Quick, so along along the same lines, right? So you have people who are opting out of getting the vaccine and rather they like to go get tested weekly. Who's picking up the cost on that? Who Who's, you know, who's going to pay for, because at one point everything was free. I'm it was like, say- get tested, get tested, get tested, <laughs> get tested. And now it's like insurance, insurers or insurance companies are saying
0: no. The, the like, employee... The employee yeah, has to pay
2: well yeah in many in many cases the employee will have to pay if they have not been uh, in contact with someone that's infected or are having symptoms themselves here in the state of connecticut we have state funded and state supported testing sites uh, all across the state of this uh, all across the state for those who want to opt who have to do those regular testing they can go there and the state's picking up the tab
1: so is that the same across the country? I mean, are you um, hearing from your most, colleagues?
2: Most states have those various models, but we have decided to focus heavily on public health and safety and the utilization of our COVID related dollars from the federal government. Uh, so it. we have put those investments in testing and our various protocols.
1: One 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 more question on the whole COVID pandemic um, situation. Then I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about um, our dearest auntie, um, the Honorable Maxine Waters. Uh, can you can you tell us, you know, what what's what's been your outreach to the Black community? Um, I know that there's been. I don't want to use the word hesitancy, but there's Mm -hmm. just been downright like, no, I'm not interested in taking the vaccine. I don't want to. Here's why. What is the state of Connecticut and perhaps even your other colleagues are doing to ensure that Black folk are, number one, being equipped with the information to make the best decision for their family?
0: I think that's part of the problem, lack of information or education on it. Yep, mm -hmm. Lack of
2: information, and I think governments States in particular were lecturing people. Yep. Mm. We don't like being lectured. Yep. <laughs> we like we like conversations. So here's what we did in the state. We decided to utilize our funding and create mobile vans. Mm-hmm. So we can we we will vaccinate you wherever you are. You're at the church, you're at a barbershop, we can set up, we will vaccinate you, we'll have the whole thing. But here's the thing that we also did. We treated it like a canvassing campaign. We got people on the street that looked like the community, who's of the community, and know the community, talking to the community. And that's exactly what we did. We would go door to door. We will say, can, "Is there any question we can answer?" We were coming to them and saying, "We'll be happy to answer any question." We have we made in, have we made lectures. any
1: progress? Have we made, we made any a,
2: progress? We've made amazing progress. Uh, one of the things in partnerships that we created was with barbershops and hair salons. Mm. so uh, i'll I'll give a shout out to State Representative uh, McGee, uh, who has partnered uh, with our administration and our Department of Public Health. and we're we basically have taken a model of going to barbershops, creating an incentive, you want a free haircut? Great. We'll we'll vaccinate you. We'll educate you about the vaccination. We'll also have food there. We're gonna make this a community-based event and we're not going to lecture you. We're just mm-hmm. going to answer any of your questions and it's working. And now we're we're, we're basically taking that model and going all across the state of Connecticut. Our next one's going to be in New Britain, Connecticut. We're gonna do one out in New London and we're also gonna get down uh, to the shoreline and to our Fairfield County areas. So, okay, well, we're before we move on, city
0: before we move on just like the covid testing is no longer free eventually will we be have to pay for these vaccinations will they no longer be available for free
2: they're there i highly suspect that they will continuously be uh paid for by the government okay, uh, for okay. People. OK, good,
1: good. good so <laughs> so I, I I know you you got to get going because you got to continue to run the state of Connecticut. Um, but I, I really wanted to hear from you just your immediate response on what's happening down in D.C. Yeah. Kudos. Shout out to all of our federal delegation from the state of Connecticut. Uh, but um, Maxine Waters, uh, Representative Maxine Waters um, is is basically saying, look, I'm ready for you. Uh, and you know, she's ready to fight whoever she needs to fight in regards to um, a battle over potential cuts to housing aid. Um, you all, our listeners, you know, every single week we give an update on the housing crisis, the eviction crisis uh, that is um, expected to happen. The White House and congressional leaders are considering slashing $300 billion OK, and housing aid proposed for um, uh, the Democrats three point five trillion with a T social spending plan setting up a clash with Representative Maxine Waters and advocates who are vowing to protect the funds. Um, I could probably talk on and on. But, Paul, as a chief of staff, yeah. you and your commissioner, Commissioner Sela, Mascaro, Bruno, doing a great work. How does that impact states on a local level? And, and from your seat, like, what, what's your response on that?
2: Well, I, I think what you're just saying is the perfect example of people getting to see how civics really work. So, so everyone knows Maxine Waters, Aunt, Aunt, Auntie Maxine, is the chair of a very powerful house committee, the Financial Services Committee. Uh, a lot of things go through her committee. So the, the, the voice and the role of the chair is very influential. So she and other colleagues from that, from that committee wrote a letter to the Speaker of the House and to uh, the majority leader of the Senate, basically being against that. And so mm-hmm. when they put that letter out public, they're basically getting across, this is where we stand on the issue. And with her being the chair of a committee, writing a letter like that, it will definitely get the eyes and ears of the Biden administration, as well as the leadership in Congress. I believe uh, that there's a lot left to be done on this issue, but I'm firmly believing that they're going to come to a place of a compromise, understanding that it's a large omnibus bill, uh, spending bill, dealing with uh, various social services. But she's going to try to get as, keep as much of those funding as possible. How it affects our state?
1: Hold, hold on. Let me tell you what she said, and I quote, I'm going to fight as hard as I can to keep as much housing as I can in this uh, reconciliation bill. She says it's going to be rough, period.
2: Well, that she ain't it, playing with her.
1: y'all she's not playing with y'all and and if y'all know she put up a fight she will win uh and i'm here for it and i will support I'm her but here you were going to it. Were gonna say something real really quickly and then and then we'll No, we'll you're just asking out. how
2: it how it affects states obviously we are watching all of these bills very closely um in my in, on my team we have uh, a director of our dc office who watches every bill that goes on in Congress and how it affects Connecticut. And we utilize our voice to best inform our legislators about what bills and what they will do and how it affect our state. So we'll be watching this bill very closely, Uh, but I'm very much of the mindset that with uh, Chairwoman Waters putting that letter out, that the negotiators of the bill will be very uh, conscious of what she wants to get achieved.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot going it's on. It's really Shay.
0: scary. Yeah, it's scary because you know you think about you know those who really need it, and it, I know it's a lot of people have been stealing from from the government based on just being greedy and stuff. But there are people that actually really need it, like seriously, and and and, it, and it's sad. So. Um, we'll be definitely following up on that and, um, following that story and hopefully we can get something going, you know? Um, but let's talk about before you go, I do want to talk about the, the release of some of the, the. The charges the people in california since we we're talking about <laughs> um that were convicted of uh, i guess the the marijuana cases and stuff i guess they just passed the bill for that didn't they um and you know i'm not a politician but i know politics but y'all can help me out with that a little bit if y'all don't mind are,
1: are you are you talking about those who were convicted of small sort of um, yes
0: small- yes
1: "Quote unquote crimes or small uh, ounces of marijuana, et cetera. Yes. Their records are cleansed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's good. I think they're behind the eight ball. The state of Connecticut, we we've led the way um, with respect to addressing equity in our criminal justice system, um, and it goes it goes a ways back. Uh, we're still trying to figure out, you know, how to how to get equity in in every department." uh here in the state of connecticut but shay it's a it's a great it's a great movement that's happening um but it's 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 being greeted with a lot of resistance and yes um fight from the other side because some people are of the mindset once you do a crime you should always be held with that scarlet letter on your chest you know and it's like it's unfair you you know And, and meanwhile we're legalizing cannabis and and those the same system that put our people in jail for small yep. ounces of X, Y and Z yep, are now saying system. we want to we want to the same system that's saying, <laughs> oh, now we want to benefit from it. Right. And and again, I know this is like a love fest here, um, but the state of Connecticut, in terms of the leadership of the governor, the speaker of the House, under the leadership of this guy here, working with many of my colleagues, we were able to pass a lot of policy that supports not only the legalization of adult use of cannabis or marijuana or weed however y'all want to describe it <laughs> or um, mary
0: jane love. or mary jane whatever
1: <laughs> i do have colleagues though who will push back and be like it's not none of those it's cannabis you know um we were able to do that but again we got a long road ahead we yeah. do we definitely do but you're right um, california man they're usually ahead of us but we we, we beat them this time wasn't around. they the but first Paul, to legalize
0: yeah. this though the cannabis like
2: yeah. i think yeah, they, they were't they weren't, weren't they? Yeah. they weren't far behind colorado yeah colorado uh, oh, okay was, you're right
0: colorado okay. um,
2: and obviously we had medical marijuana and now we're going into adult use marijuana and and we recently passed a bill in connecticut that basically legalized adult use and in the and the proper selling of it. But the one thing for governments that's always been it's careful of is that innovation moves faster than governments to regulate. That's true. So can you
1: say that again, but in more of a layman's terms? Cause I, I think people misunderstand it. Not because we don't understand, but I just think
2: say no, it no, differently. I, oh, no, I, I give you a perfect example. Okay. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We, we saw that Facebook, they had a huge hearing about all their practices. They're having those hearings. Ooh, and they overly. shut down this week. I was like, yeah. yeah there's, 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 there's there's, there's uh, very few and lack of laws on the technology that they have. Yep. Mm. So government has to try to catch up. But to catch up, you have to understand and, and, and go backwards to understand the, the actual policy. So marijuana is a perfect example. How can you legalize the cell, the adult use in the cell of it, while you're going to still hold people hostage with the Scarlet Letter for mm. small, for
0: possession. being arrested yeah. for, for yeah. having yeah. a
2: small amount. Yeah. So you have to equalize it when you're moving forward. Uh, we've done mm. that in the state of Connecticut, other states are doing it. I'm happy that California uh, is doing that through their uh, judicial system as well, but we, we, we can't just look to modernize without fixing uh, the issues of the past.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so That's- much because... <laughs> Because we, we're you know we're lost a little bit, and I thank you for just even getting into the communities and just pushing in and educating a little bit more in regards to the vaccination. Because I think, like you, we said before, it's a, just a lack of education around it, and we don't you know a lot of them don't know you know. So it's just it's just people that look like us that work for the community that is the community that help to get down okay. to to so they can relate, and that's a very yeah. important part of it. So yes, you have
2: to meet people where
0: they are. Yes, yes sir. Go ahead and give so, me a social media so we can go ahead and uh, keep up with. Your I was journey. like, I don't want nobody following me. No, <laughs> oh, no, I'm. I'm I he saw he was, the, was private. I was like, okay, here's your first <laughs> private politician. <laughs> Here we go. Weird.
1: No, no, he's I, like you,
2: low key. You, you and follow a him on Twitter. Knows, I'm, I'm very low key, uh, but my uh, Twitter is a public Twitter. It's at P Mounds uh, as. And basically, it's updates about what we're doing here in the state of Connecticut. You will get a, the eventual tweet about the San Francisco Giants, my favorite baseball team. And you also get some tweets about UConn football and Trinity College football.
0: Awesome. How are they doing this year, by the way?
2: Who? Which one? Which UConn.
0: You, we we we. We're okay, there. okay, we, we, okay. We, we're there. Ooh, you put us on blast. I was that's just like, no, Listen, I was no. a big fan. At one point it was winning streak year after year after year. I, I was wow. like undefeated, trust yeah. me. But now we, y'all losing me because I don't know nothing
2: about sports. Nah, you <laughs> we're, 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 gonna, we're gonna make a comeback. We're gonna Mark make yeah. a comeback.
0: I know we're that's We're gonna make right. a comeback. Well, well thank, Paul, you so thank you so much man. for joining Next us. Next time. Today.
1: Next time we should um, invite you and your colleagues and maybe we could have, you know, sort of a larger conversation on what it's like in the day and life of chief of staff um, or chiefs of staff across this this country. Um, so I'm I'm really I'm really excited and hopefully the invitation is open. All right. So now you've been you've been inside the roomish. I don't even yes. know what to say, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying.
2: How do, um, I get, how do I get out the room? How do I get out the room? Yeah. <laughs> We'll 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 let you out. We'll let you out.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. You guys keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. It's the takeover. Welcome back to The Takeover with your girl, McCray. And of course, you already know we are inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. And um, thank you for bringing uh, Mr. Paul Mounds on. uh, Junior, that was amazing, especially to be the first Black. The first Black anything is amazing. So, But one of the key things he said, just grooming the next. And I'm happy I even brought that up about the president, president because that's what we fell. We thought we won. But we really failed because we wasn't yeah. grooming the next one after him, and everybody like, oh, it will never happen again. It will happen again. It but will happen. To groom our men to be in position, you know. That's right. So um, that's, right. that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. He he said he said an awful lot,
1: and it was just a lot of information that we needed to hear. Yes. And I mean, when's the last time you heard from a black chief of staff of you know a governor of a, of a state, you know? And it's just. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And we had him here on the takeover um, with myself uh, inside the room. And, you know, we'll continue to invite really awesome people back. So I'm excited okay, about it.
0: OK, OK, OK. I'm, I'm waiting for. The I want rest. the
1: president. What about president. our VP?
0: We can't. What about the VP? You know, she
1: been we reached out to her office and then the president assigned her to the wall and some other stuff and so she's been busy doing that and i've also seen though on social media folks been getting at her because they like um madam vp where, you where have you been, where, you where, been? You, where are you a
0: lot of people have been saying that you know so yes yes yeah so, yeah.
1: so i don't know make
0: her debut here where you at Listen. here i am for us by us you feel me Um,
1: (laughs) let's do it no seriously
0: (laughs) what other better way to just show that you're for the people by not just launching on the black network why not you know what I'm saying so hey we're here but we're here um, not just for the people we also know we're here for all people but you know what I'm trying to say so Mm -hmm. especially what's going on with the Haitians right now so oh yeah yeah. Is
1: there any juicy anything? I, I need just a little bit of gossip.
0: Anything juicy? Read. I do know that uh, after the verdict with your boy R. Kelly, he said uh, he about to start telling.
1: <sighs> I did read that. You know what? What do Here's you another think? Uh, anyway, so I yeah no, I'm not gonna comment on it. I mean, he listen, he's an adult. He can do whatever he wants. But I think though, instead of giving him jail time. I heard somebody say he should be receiving some Mm -hmm. mental health.
0: I totally agree.
1: And the abuse that's been sort of passed on to him, he's doing what, what he knows to do. Um, and it's sickening. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for him. Um, but I'm hoping that when he serves his time, um, he's able to receive, uh, the help needed to restore himself. Um, so, it's a sad situation, man. I tell you, it is and I sad feel situation. for the victims. I feel for Robert Kelly. Um cuz he's a victim I really too. Do. He is. I believe indeed. he
0: is. It's just my my opinion, you know. Um but I, I do want to close out on this. Have you seen the 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 special um with Dave Chappelle? You seen the the, the Netflix
1: no, uh, I haven't, but I did no? see some things on Instagram. Okay.
0: Well, it's called the closer, and apparently, based on the statement, he um he opened up with talked about how they that they tried to cancel the baby based on a comment that he made about, about the
1: LGBTQ. You know. But here's the community. thing:
0: what people fell to realize in uh the LGBTQ community, you know, told me this. They brought it to my attention. He never said. The gays that's out there sucking, dun, dun, dun. He said, if you, uh, if you not out there sucking, the, 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 put your lighters up. So they made it a, 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 a hobo homophobic um, statement and it was not first. So that made me give give a different, a look at it. But oh. now the national black justice coalition is as Netflix to pull Dave Chappelle's the closest special over comments deemed transphobic. What, I mean, but what he said was, y'all mad at this man for saying this, but did you know he killed a man at Walmart? Who? The baby.
1: No, (laughs) no. He killed a man? Uh Uh-huh. Like with a gun or a car? Yeah, apparently it
0: was self-defense. I don't have that information on with me right now, but that was the the statement that he made. Um, Yeah, so... It, it's he's. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy how we could put all this together. I don't know. It's just I saw the special. I, I'm not going to lie. I did. I'm going to um, watch it.
1: To, I'm going to watch he's it. Funny.
0: And I get what he's saying. He's saying, y'all mad at a man for making a comment, but not mad for killing a man.
1: But here's where I'm taking issue um, with all of this there is a thing called freedom of speech it and is. you know we should be able to whether we agree or disagree speak our minds um and, and and be able to have some discourse without all of the drama but i guess that's what makes money i guess
0: i guess so um go ahead and check it out all right i just want to leave on that note i am so you you i <laughs> am <laughs>
1: I need to figure out who this man killed like i want to know what's going on
0: it's crazy but i mean in a sense a gay man brought it to my attention he said he never said gay men he never said the gays if you were gay and you're doing this he said no if yeah. you're out suck. the that's what he said and people
1: associated associated with that immediately that's crazy that is crazy
0: he could have been talking about women hello
1: hello Well, anyway, I just uh, want to thank everybody uh, for joining us um, yet another Monday here on The Takeover, um, Inside the Room with myself, State Representative Brandon McGee. Y'all make sure y'all follow me on Spotify, Instagram, YouTube, and join our Facebook group, um, Inside the Room with State Representative Brandon McGee, where we share information. And um, you can drop us some, some topics that you want us to, you know, invite a guest to talk about or Shay and I can talk about it. Um, But I have been enjoying myself thoroughly. And um, as always, I'm sure you're going to be flying somewhere.
0: Not not anytime soon Maybe in another two weeks But right now I'm going to stay put Um, Thank you guys For tuning in Y'all already know Go follow us Official Football Radio On Instagram And go like Our Facebook page That is FUBU Radio And download that app And download the FUBU Radio app Okay It's free It's free You can't, you can't beat that It's free Alright And go follow me Shay McCray S-H-A-Y-M-C-C-R-A-Y And as always We appreciate your support Your reshares And just for tuning in Alright So with that being said You already know the vibes is the FUBU radio, baby.